Little roller up along first. Behind the back. It gets through Buckner. Here comes Knight, and the Mets win it. A 2-1 pitch. And a drive in the air to deep right field. That ball headed toward the wall. That ball is out of here. Out of here. A game-winning grand slam home run off the bat of Robin Ventura. Hey. And it's hit deep to left center. Andrew Jones on the run. This one has a chance. Home run. Mike Piazza and the Mets lead three to two. Turner drives one to center, chasing Nimmo back to the warning track right at the fence. He made the catch! Oh, wow! The catch of the year for Brandon Nimmo! He took a home run away from Justin Turner! Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? The show starts in 10, 9, And welcome to another episode of the Shea Hello podcast. My name is Casey Lynn, as we are already up to episode number eight on the Shea Hello podcast. I want to thank everybody who is listening right now. They have found us on our YouTube channel by going at Shea Hello Media. And we are on all platforms, of course, on Google on Spotify, and of course, um, Apple Podcasts. Wherever you find your podcast, we are on all the platforms. Uh, just type in the Shea Hello Podcast. You will find us. My co-host, Bill Postelfer, could not make this week's uh, episode, but I am here. Uh, we will have an abbreviated uh, episode where uh, Bill and I used to go back and forth on Mets Talk and MLB Talk. Uh, but with just me, we're going to run down what's going on in Mets land. I want to give a, a special shout out to our producer, Steve White, uh, who's behind the scenes. He's got a podcast out that I 100% recommend uh, checking out. It is called the Cold Pop Cast and uh, covers current events and they have a good time. So uh, if you're on YouTube, uh, type in and subscribe to the Cold uh Cold Popcast and uh, Steve White, special shout out to you. Thanks again. As for the New York Mets, uh, we got a lot of places to go with this one. Uh, we're winding down. There is less than 15 games to go, and there is always a lot to talk about. I always mention uh, that when I talk with Bill, that there's never a dull day in Mets land, and uh, today there isn't. Um, we could go one of a billion different ways, and I wanted to start off this episode of the Shea Hello podcast uh, with, well, on Tuesday of this week, or whenever you're listening or watching this, uh, it was the one-year anniversary of the Mets clinching a playoff berth in 2022, which was the first time they clinched a playoff berth since 2016. Well, when you see that on Twitter or wherever you're, you know you get your news from, it brings up a lot of emotions, if you will. The Mets clinched their berth last year on Tuesday of this week, 
and it was 101 wins. And obviously they did not win the division. They lost on a tiebreaker. They had the same, obviously we all know what happened record as the Atlanta Braves. And, uh, they were ousted in the first round, two games to one by the San Diego Padres. But that brings us to 2023, where the Mets added Max Scherzer, added uh, Mac, uh, I should say, not they added Max Scherzer, they added Justin Verlander to Max Scherzer, uh, and highest payroll ever in the major leagues, were favorites to win the World Series, and the expectations were through the roof. And well, June obviously had a lot to do with uh, what went wrong for the Mets here in 2023. I would like to say, and I've been on record saying this, that, and I hate talking about it, but it's reality, the uh, injury, and we'll talk about this a little bit later in the uh, episode here, to Edwin Diaz uh, in the WBC really was the beginning of the end for the Mets uh, season. Before a pitch was thrown in the 2023 uh, regular season, the WBC and Edwin Diaz tearing his knee. Uh, really, my gut when that happened, seeing him on the ground with his brother crying and him in pain, it left me with that gut feeling of, oh, crap, you know, this is not good. You know, and we didn't foresee what would happen here in 2023. But, uh, you know, we can now talk about it. There's about a week and a half to go. Mets are playing spoiler, not making the playoffs. As I record this right now, they're not mathematically out of it, but they will be soon. And what, for lack of a better word, pisses me off is there is a dead heat, three or four teams all separated by a, a game for that last wild card spot. Six teams make it in the National League. New rule was insta, uh, enforced last year, and there are three or four teams off the top of my head. You have the Cubs. The Phillies are running away with the number one wild card. Um, you have Diamondbacks. You have the Marlins. You have the Reds. You have uh, and the Giants. And it looks like the number six seed is going to finish around 85, 86 wins to get into the playoffs. So I can go about this a lot of different ways. Did the Mets make the right decision at the deadline? to trade Verlander, to trade Robertson, to trade uh, Scherzer, obviously Tommy Pham, obviously Mark Hanna. Um, we won't know until the prospects that they got out, you know, we see what happens. But what I can tell you before I dive a little more into it is that if they did not sell, hypothetically, if the Mets did not trade five days before the deadline was – David Robertson, which was totally unexpected to the Marlins for two young teenagers that took everybody by surprise because it was five days before the uh, trade deadline. Uh, it fired. It, it was a right there. It set off just a, a burning fire. Um, Max Scherzer wanted to talk to the top brass. They later traded to the Rangers. Then Verlander wanted to talk to the brass to see what direction the Mets were going. And Verlander was traded back to the Astros. Now, we don't know what the return will be in terms of the how good these prospects will turn out. Not all of them turn out the way that we always think they will. I would say if you get 10 prospects, if you're lucky, if three pan out well, 
that's a good return on your investment. So the Mets traded Verlander, of course, for Drew Gilbert and Clifford. Now Gilbert's tearing it up in double A, tearing it up. He has a OPS around a thousand in like 35 games. Uh, Acuna average, not great on base percentage. And Acuna is the younger brother of Ronald Acuna Jr. Of course, from the Braves. And, uh, He's got like 55 stolen bases. He has a bet with his brother for $5,000 of who's going to steal the most bases. Well, Ronald of the Braves has like 70. He'll win that bet. But Acuna is a stud. Gilbert, the first-round draft pick by the Astros who the Mets got for Verlander, he's a stud. Um, even the, the, Billy Epler, who I've been hard on, traded Dom Leone, a mid-average reliever, and got back uh, Jeremiah Jackson who is in double-A, and he's tearing it up. And we didn't think that was coming. Mets also traded Marcana and Tommy Fan, And, well, that was expected if they were not going to be buyers because they were uh, their contracts end at the end of this year. Fan went to the Diamondbacks. And Marcana, you know, even though Fan's doing very well, Canna's doing amazing for the Brewers. If you look up his numbers, he is tearing it up. Uh, and good for him. Now, reunions, I could see Fam coming back. I could see Robertson coming back. What I don't understand is how bad Robertson got uh, with the Marlins. He became their closer, blew every save under the sun, removed from the closer spot, and now he's pitching like the 6th, 7th, and 8th inning. And uh, Tanner Scott is their uh, closer with the Marlins, who are fighting tooth and nail uh, for that last playoff spot. So to put a bow on that, the Mets probably would have went and got that number six seed, if not the number five seed, which means second or third last wild card. And I've always been on record, and I always will be, that just get into the dance, a.k.a. the playoffs, be healthy and get hot, and anyone could win it. Look at the Phillies last year. They were the number six seed. They, I believe, beat the Cardinals, swept them, beat the Braves. And went to the World Series. Now, they, it didn't work out for them in the World Series, but they got far. No one expected them to. I truly believe the Mets didn't sell and trade Verlander and Scherzer and everybody else. They would have made the playoffs. And we don't know what would happen. So it's a moot point. What I can tell you is that Steve Cohen made a decision, and we've talked about it, and I honor it. They took big balls to do it. He's paying $90 million in dead money for Max Scherzer and, and Verlander um, to pitch for other teams. Scherzer's out for the year with, ironically, the injury that Verlander had to start the year with the, mess, uh, the Mets. And, you know, they're not pitching all that well. Scherzer's out for the year. So it looks like a good trade, at least right now, for the Mets. Yes, Steve Cohen's paying their salaries. Not all of it, but a good percentage of it. But the Mets have the luxury of having a Steve Cohen who can literally buy prospects. And that's what he did. And, you know, again, we've talked about it. They turned their farm system around. They went from a bottom tier farm system to a top tier. They have depth now in their, in the minors to deal. And that is something they did not have. The Wilpons left Steve Cohen with a dry barren farm system. And, you know, the uh, Mets, I would say a top 10 for sure farm system right now, as much as it, as it hurts looking back as the season winds down, that the Mets will not be in the postseason. It, it sets up the future for 
uh, it, it's a bright future. Again, we don't know how the prospects are going to pan out, but they have depth. And what that means, you can make trades now. So we will parlay that into the Mets before the deadline had their prospects, the Beatties, the Alvarez's, the Mauricio's, the Vientos, their pitcher's Vassal, who's had a great year, and really no pitching. And that was basically it. Jet Williams, too, who they drafted in 2022, is having an amazing year. Um, that was it. But now everyone who I discussed before, who they traded for, now they have like a double tier. And now going into 2024, they can parlay that into if they want to make a trade. Um, and they can. So we will now start talking about 2024. So we've been on record and I've been on record. David Stearns, we talked about this in episode number seven, is going to be announced as the first ever POBO, President of Baseball Operations for the New York Mets. Once the regular season ends, October 1st for the Mets, it'll probably be the next day or two that they will have the press conference and announce him. He will be the president of baseball operations. Billy Epler, the GM, will be under him. And all decisions will be made and have to go through David Stearns. Grew up as a Met fan. Uh, if you listen to episode seven or if you know anything about David Stearns, grew up a Met fan. A lot of success, you know, take it as you will, with the Brewers making the playoffs and going to the game set of the NLCS with a bottom payroll team. And uh, Mets needed him. They really did. And Steve Cohen always said he needed one, and he wanted him from the get-go, and he got him. So we don't know what Stearns is going to do. We don't know if he wants to keep a Pete Alonso, who we've talked uh, a lot about uh, in terms of are the Mets going to trade them? Are they going to extend them? Are they going to shop them? You know, what are they going to do? I have been adamant the Mets need to resign Pete and they have to do it fast. They don't want to take the chance, obviously, of letting him go to free agency after 2024 and losing him. Uh, he's going to shatter every record. We've talked about this. Uh, he's already, I believe, uh, his next home run, or I believe now he's tied with uh, Howard Johnson for fourth most ever by a Met, and he's like 61 home runs away from the Mets' all-time home, home run record, which is Daryl Strawberry. I mean, he's going to break every record. Give him a year. Just has to resign. And for all intents and purposes, Pete looks like he wants to, but money talks. That's why the Mets just have to make him a fair offer, get it done, and move on. So let's hypothetically say that happens. Now, I don't know the order that this is going to happen. Stearns is going to come in. And obviously the coaching staff and the manager job is a big discussion. I would think that David Stearns would want to hire his own manager, his own coaching staff, and clean house. They already started cleaning house before they announced or you know, unofficially announced him by firing four top executives in the Mets front office who were there for decades that obviously had to do with David Stearns. Now, the thing is, that leaves the question that we don't know the answers to. Does Buck Showalter, who has another year on his contract, stay? Does Craig Council, who's the manager right now and looked as one of the best managers in baseball, come along with David Stearns from the Brewers? I don't know. He rejected an extension with the Brewers. It said that he wants to take a year off because he has uh, children who are older now and playing in college and he wants to see them. Uh, live and spend more time with his family. But again, money talks. And 
I'm sure they're having those conversations behind the scenes now. Or does Buck get another year? I don't know. It's very rare to have a lame duck manager. And if you don't know what that means, is having a manager go into his last year of a contract season without an extension, and you just don't know what's going to happen. It leaves everybody kind of on eggshells, especially the manager. Does Buck deserve to come back? Well, you can have your own opinions about that. Mine is, I've never been a Buck fan. He's a 500 manager, hasn't sniffed a World Series. I don't believe he's won an LCS game. And, um, you know, I've never been a fan of his bullpen management. Players seem to love him, and that's huge. But uh, I'm all for a Craig Council. Uh, other than that, there's not many names out there that surfaces. So Buck Showalter easily could come back if you take Craig Council out. I don't see a Beltron who's in the front office or, you know, anyone without managerial experience uh, stepping in. But that's David Stern's first order of business, manager, coaching staff. Then you get to the actual roster. We talked about Pete. Mets right now have two starting pitchers penciled in for the 2024 staff. And that is Jose Quintana and uh, Kodai Senga. Now, Senga and Quintana pitched amazing. We all wish that Quintana did not hurt himself in spring training and missed basically uh, a little more than half the year. He's pitched great. Senga, I mean, he be, will be getting Cy Young votes and arguably could win the Rookie of the Year. He's been that good. Pencil them in, obviously, for 2024. But that's three spots on the rotation that you need to fill. Now, we've been on uh, record here on the Shalo podcast that Yamamoto in Japan is going to be the number one uh, sought free agent. He's going to win his third straight Japanese Cy Young, uh, a triple crown, I believe, third straight year. He's only 24, turning 25. Scouts have been to Japan watching him. His numbers are video game numbers. Now, the Mets are going to be all over. They have to be. They have a need for pitching. He fits every and checks every box. Young, great. And also the connection of Billy Epler, who signed Otani with the Angels, got Senga, and he's been scouting Yamamoto just like a lot of teams are now. But Epler has been doing that way back when. And there's something about Epler and the Japanese players that they kick it off. Also, Yamamoto has the same agent as Edwin Diaz. And Kodai Senga, that can only help. There is no comp pick attached to Yamamoto, and that is a bonus for Steve Cohen. doesn't have to trade or give up any prospects or comp picks. It's just money. Now, when it comes to money, if Steve Cohen wants you, he will get you. It's just a matter of Yamamoto wants to pitch for the Mets. Well, we'll find out. I would be shocked if Yamamoto was not a Met next year. And if he is... He'll be an ace. He would be the ace of the Mets. And you would go Yamamoto, Sanga, uh, and then you could get a little you know, tricky or fancy with your thinking. Maybe the Mets could trade for Corbin Burns, who's a free agent after 2024, not re-signing with the Brewers. No way. And Mets, again, we go back to what I started with from the outset from this episode. They have depth now to trade. And maybe Corbin, Corbin Burns, yes, a rental. They're not going to get much for a rental. But maybe they trade for him. Put him with Quintana, Senga, Yamamoto, and then your number five spot is anywhere from Jose Budo, who's pitched his ass off lately in September. Uh, McGill, Peterson, nah. Uh, Joey Lucchese's pitched well. 
Uh, there's guys in the minor leagues like Vassal, Christian Scott, who pitched well. That fifth starter, not so much worried. There's free agents, too, that the Mets can sign. Uh, Jordan Montgomery's available. Uh, Lance Lynn, you know, they haven't had great years. Uh, Montgomery has, Lance Lynn has it. He got traded from the White Sox to the Dodgers. Uh, Giolito, White Sox to the Angels, to the Indians, not a great year. Free agent. And if you're looking at a fifth starter, couldn't be the worst thing. But got to fill out your staff. So there's a lot of questions, obviously, for 2024, which brings me to right now with about, let's say, 10 days left in the regular season. You know, I commend people for fans watching all the games still like I do. Uh, Mets are out of it. They're just playing spoiler. All the teams that they've been playing, they're playing for a playoff spot, whether it be the Reds, the Marlins, the uh, Diamondbacks, the Phillies. And Mets are trying to play spoiler. And they're doing a pretty good job. And that's why it's actually, if you look at it, look at it, and that's why I love baseball. It's fascinating. You have guys like DJ Stewart, all right? Now, every at-bat for a DJ Stewart means so much, not just for him, for maybe a spot on the 2024 roster, but this is where he gets his opportunity. And so these are huge at-bats for these guys. It makes or breaks their, their careers and their lives. So... You know, when they step into the box, like a DJ Stewart, who's had a great August and September, great. Um, you know, it's big. And also a Jose Budo, who came out of nowhere and has emerged into a candidate to maybe be in the rotation. A Joey Lucchese as well. Um, these are big spots for these guys. Obviously, the core is coming back. Uh, hopefully, everybody. We don't know what's going on with Marte. Jeff McNeil's gone on a power surge. Alonzo. Will not be traded. There's no way Sturge just comes into here in Metland and trades the biggest fan favorite since, you know, David Wright. So that's just not happening. And uh, it brings us back to the saying that I've been saying. There's never a dull day in Metland. So um, I, I'm fascinated by these at-bats by, you know, a Rafael Ortega and like a DJ Stewart. Um, guys that have the opportunity now to prove themselves. And also a Ronnie Mauricio. 22 years old, big prospect, but like he's trying to show himself of that he belongs up here. It took him long enough. They called him up on September 1st, and he's shown that he belongs. So, you know, that's why I watch every at-bat, every pitch, because these guys are not taking their foot off the gas pedal. It means a lot to them. Mets are out of it. We went into it how, why. It sucks, but ultimately Steve made the decision, and – you know, you got to give them credit for that. It sets them up for the future. Um, Mets will be competitive in 2024. There's no doubt about it. We just have, have to see how this shapes up. Um, you know, and I, how I started as we wrap up this uh, episode, you know, with the Mets clinching on Tuesday, uh, their playoff burst, their first one since 2016, last year. It's a sour taste in your mouth because you have the memories of last year of winning every series, winning 101 games and everything going right. And then just being kicked out of the playoffs right then and there at City Field against the Padres. But you got to remember, at least the Mets had a plan. There are a lot of teams in the Mets position that didn't do anything. Look at the Yankees. Look at the Padres. Look at the Red Sox. They didn't do anything. They're not making the playoffs and they didn't build their future. They didn't stock up. And they're not making the playoffs. Mets at least built their farm system. So 
you can take a lot of uh, comfort in the Mets did do something positive with the deadline. Would they have made the playoffs this year? Yes. Would they have won the World Series? Probably no. You never know. Get in, get hot. You never know what's going to happen. But um, there's a lot always going on in Metsville. You know, if I could record an episode of the Shea Lo podcast every day, I would. Um, you know, we could go live. We could do things. The off season is coming up. The podcast is going nowhere. Um, we will be diving into other sports. Obviously, hot stove baseball is not every day. But some days it gets hotter than not. There's a lot of rumors and speculations, but we'll be merging. And we already have started to other sports like the NFL with Aaron Rodgers and the Jets and the Giants uh, losing 40 to nothing and then coming back and being the Cardinals and, um, you know, everything going on in the NFL. And, of course, MMA that does not have a uh, offseason. UFC is every week um, and fascinating sport. NBA starting soon. Uh, Nick's alive and well, but we are here for the Mets. Always will be here for the Mets and hot stove baseball, especially for the Mets is always big because a lot of reporters, as we know, use the Mets for clicks. So, um, that's going to about do it here on the eighth episode of the Shea Lo podcast. Once again, I want to thank Steve White again, the producer behind the scenes that makes this happen for all of us. And, uh, does a great job. Check his podcast out at the Cold Pop Cast. So thank you, Steve. Bill Pulsifer hopefully will be back. You could not make this episode next week. Um, if you are listening on YouTube, you found us at Shea Hello Media. Please hit that subscribe button. Um, would really appreciate it. And if you are listening wherever you may be listening, give us a follow. Give us a rating. Leave us a comment, uh, whether it's Spotify, Apple, Google, uh, wherever you might be listening, or if you're watching us, uh, leave a, a message as well. We'd be happy to answer it. Um, I've always had fun on these podcasts. Uh, and, you know, Bill and I always have a blast. Never a dull day. So whenever you think it's quiet in this land, think again. So I want to thank everybody once again for listening. This has been the Shea Hello podcast. My name is Casey Lynn, and I hope everybody listening and watching has a great rest of your day, everybody.